0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and recap it along the way.
1: We are finally back to recap season three, episode 12, Lorelai Out of Water. In this episode, the Netflix bio is, Lorelai gets an angling lesson from Luke before finishing before her fishing date with her new bow. Meanwhile, the political battle between Rory and Paris escalates. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Before we get into things,
0: we're still doing our sticker giveaway. So to enter in that, you just need to write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, send us a screenshot and your mailing address,
1: and we'll send you stickers. Yes. And since it's been some time since we last recorded, we should update you that in our off season, the March Madness competition we announced was spectacular. Mm-hmm. It was a whole lot of fun and there were some exciting matchups. And the, you know, the the winner overall was Laura that was a well-deserved <laughs> <Yeah>. win. <laughs> were there any surprising matchups that you recall, Suzanne? I just can't get over Tom who shows up in this episode beating out
0: Dean mm-hmm. who's like supposedly one of the main (laughs) characters of the show, but people were very clear Mm -hmm. about their dislike of Dean. I thought that was pretty fun. But Tom's also, like, just a very likable character, so, you know, if he'd been paired up
1: against Taylor, maybe things would have gone different. (laughs) Yeah, that was a pleasant upset. It was, there were difficult decisions to be made Mm -hmm. by the end, like, as I was voting, it was really hard, and a lot of my top picks honestly didn't make it, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, like Paris, Emily, Lane. They made it far, though. So I'm at least happy about yeah. that. But yeah, we'll hope to continue this in either the same form or something slightly different next mm-hmm. year. Um, it was a lot of fun. I think people enjoyed it. It was on Instagram. You can still go and look at all of the things. And we have the our WordPress website now that saved all the info and graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe next year we could do,
0: like, just secondary characters or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. That would get get us some really strange results, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, so we're back. We are both changed. We have both passed our mm-hmm. milestones. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I meant to say, like, hello, Dr. Suzanne oh. <laughs> at the start. So hello, Dr. Suzanne. <laughs> Is there a doctor on this podcast? Yes, but not that doctor. (laughs) I can't help you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to say that on the airplane all the time now if anybody's having a medical emergency. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Like, would you like me to close read a novel (laughs) for you? (laughs) I can translate that old English (laughs) for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And I am now a candidate rather than a student. So big shift for me. It actually is Mm -hmm. a really big shift, but in terms of like names, not really that cool. Though I did get to change my email Yay. signature from PhD student to candidate. Yeah, that's So that momentous. was, you know, passing of the guard for myself. Yeah.
0: yeah, really like now you're done with all your coursework and everything and you're just doing the dissertation. That's a big
1: deal. I felt a little silly that I got my master's degree for my master's coursework when the special fields exam I just took was so much yeah. harder. <laughs> and like I don't get a degree for it. I almost wish they had held off and... Waited for me to get yeah. through this to give me my master's degree as like a prize. Yeah, yeah. The PhD
0: is really full of like it's kind of bookended by two like miserable, terrifying exams.
1: <laughs> but master
0: the master's is just yeah. coursework, it's so much easier in hindsight. Yeah, at least for our program.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, some others have a thesis after masters, yeah. but we do not. So I had
0: to do. I got my master's yeah. elsewhere, and I had to do a thesis. Hmm. But it wasn't too bad. It was looking back on it now. My whole thesis was about the length of my shortest dissertation chapter. (laughs) And I thought it was such a big deal at the time. So. Well, it was, you know, it's all relative. That's true. That's
1: true. (laughs) So anyways. All right. How did you feel about this episode? I just felt happy to be back watching season Mm -hmm. three. I thought it was a good episode. I think we've seen better in season three. I think we've seen much Mm -hmm. worse in season three. So it just felt like a very middle of the road as I was watching. I thought like, oh, there be plenty to talk about that I want to talk about and stuff. So I was pleased.
0: How about you? I agree. We got a bunch of like cool little kind of character vignettes, like with some of the side characters progressing in things. And Lorelai gets her moment in the sun, but I kind of like that Rory's storyline was kind of minor in this episode not because i dislike rory but
1: just because it gave everybody else time to have fun things happening it's a good change of Mm -hmm. pace i did notice that the two characters who weren't present were emily and richard i think this is like one of the few episodes where we didn't have a single friday night dinner not even a phone call from emily Mm -mm. i wonder what she would say about fishing
0: (laughs) i can't imagine emily going (laughs) fishing unless it's like on a yacht i could see richard Mm -hmm. richard going fishing in like a kind of rich sportsmanship kind of way yeah not to actually really catch fish but to have all the
1: accoutrement and everything (laughs) that makes me think of the like house of the dragon episode where they go hunting and the king you know like they got they get the animal for him and it's all really pretense (laughs) that he actually hunted and caught Mm -hmm. it like i could see emily and richard doing something (laughs) like that like they get the fish on the line and then they're like all right pull now (laughs) yeah or they like supposedly go out fishing and then come back
0: to a delivery of like fresh caught atlantic salmon that they had nothing no hand in catching
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay Well, we can speculate more about fishing later on in the episode, but for now, the thing we've missed the most in our time (laughs) off, I'm sure, is our (laughs) Talking Fast segment. Yeah.
0: Are you prepared to go first this week?
1: I think so. Ready, set, go. Rory and Lorelai do actually have a garage. They have to clean it out, and the band arrives, and it is now their official space. Meanwhile, Luke is Having trouble with Taylor, who is moving into his other building, so he meets Taylor's lawyer Nicole, and eventually they're going to go on a date together. Um, There's also Lorelai going on a date with Alex, and she somehow gets commits to going fishing with him, so she tries to learn fishing from books and then from Luke. And also at Chilton, Paris and Rory are fighting, and there's a wedding (laughs) and a bathtub. Oh,
0: (laughs) nice. That was pretty good.
1: (laughs) I felt good. I felt good at the start, and then yeah. My mind has
0: gone blank, so we'll see what happens (laughs) with this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Take a minute to
1: visualize. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. So we're going to be having band
0: practice in Rory and Lorelai's garage. Taylor is hacking away at the place he's renting from Luke, which is really... Uh, interfering with Luke's business and they have some arguments over it. There's also a lawyer involved who turns out to be Nicole who Luke will date and Lorelai goes on a coffee date and then they end up making plans to go fishing. Luke does a really sweet like fishing practice thing in their back front yard and Rory and Paris are still fighting and then there's the wedding with Lane and Dave. I before I started, I was like, I'm really gonna focus on the Lane and
1: Dave plot line, <laughs> and, and then, then <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> uh, it happens to the best of us, yeah, I suppose we'll focus on it quite a bit, I'm sure, in our longer yeah. slowed down recap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> okay, like we both mentioned, the episode begins in this cold open where we finally see the Gilmore garage. And I made this my gazebo moment, actually, which might seem a little silly. (laughs) And it's partially because I did find it difficult to decide on a gazebo Mm -hmm. moment in the whole episode. I liked a lot of stuff, but I couldn't quite think of like one thing that stood out really hugely positively in my mind. So I decided to go here because I really did crack up when the episode opened on them, like staring down the garage that they apparently haven't opened in years Mm -hmm. and I felt it was like I know it wasn't meta because obviously it's not like they heard us recap and wonder like since when have they had a garage (laughs) (laughs) like how could they offer a garage that they don't have to lane but this was a really good backstory and I think it's so plausible that they would have a garage that they've just ignored for years and years Mm -hmm. because it is so full of just drunk and things like that so I thought it was worth a gazebo moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like a fourth wall
0: breaking to, like, Mm -hmm. patch up a plot hole.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I loved it. I loved the weird things they found in there. I was Mm -hmm. also like, if they haven't opened it for a really long time, how is it that full? Did it just, like, get filled up and then they just never open it again? Because there's so much stuff in there, I can't imagine having that much stuff
1: <laughs> yeah and then at one point Rory mentions like oh here are those boxes you're supposed to donate mm-hmm. so I feel like they have Lorelai must have maybe she was secretly going <laughs> into it when Rory wasn't aware because that kind of implied that it had been in the in-between time mm-hmm. but I don't really know but I'm just gonna let this garage exist peacefully yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's there now. That's all that matters. (laughs) It does,
0: like, play a fairly significant role in some episodes later on, if I'm remembering Mm -hmm. things correctly. So Mm -hmm. that'll be fun to get to that. It's a nice garage. Yeah, definitely. Seems to work. (laughs) It's filled with a -a hug-a-world that seems to be harboring some sort of... canada (laughs) Yeah. Seems to be harboring some sort of critter, which is uh, gross. It reminded me of, like... Right in second grade or third grade or something we had like they weren't soft but we had like balls that we like blue balls (laughs) that we then drew all (laughs) the balls drew all (laughs) the continents onto to practice geography I remember being very proud that I got
1: things more or less in the right place but nice nice well when we come back to the garage in a scene from now, it will somehow be completely mm-hmm. cleared out within a very short span of time. So good. Good for them, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before that, we head to Luke's, and there's a bit of a Luke and Taylor kerfuffle here what were your thoughts on this scene (laughs) this was my star solo scene
0: (laughs) um oh nice (laughs) so luke is being distracted by the sound of drilling and hammering and stuff so he goes out to confront taylor about everything and they have one of their classic taylor luke fights (laughs) and tom is Mm. also out there and he tom is as as our ad says (laughs) that you'll hear later not taking any of Taylor's shit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love Get away from my saw, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I just love that it's like, Taylor is, this is so, he's so like, I don't know, part of Stars Hollow. Everybody knows how he's going to act in situations. Everybody either cares or doesn't care. Luke gets wound up by everything, even though he can probably predict it was going to happen. And it just, I don't know, it's fun. And Taylor Mm -hmm. has all sorts of permits and everything and then we get the the like tease about getting lawyers involved so
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: loved it It was just stars hollow chaos
1: (laughs) yeah it was definitely some classic stars hollow chaos as you said and I was I felt like I was on Taylor's side Mm -hmm. at the point where the lawyers come up because Luke says oh I just gotta like default like a yeah. lease from office it's not Depot. great <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i'm with taylor like you should have you know lawyers and it ends up being a little strange that it's only taylor's lawyer mm-hmm. like luke doesn't involve a lawyer of his own but i suppose in this situation luke is the landlord and taylor is the tenant or yeah. so so maybe it makes sense that he wanted a lawyer to check it on his end but i was like yeah this is the way that business should go yeah I found it a little odd that Luke was like,
0: I don't know, like we don't need a lawyer yeah. at all. He also didn't mm-hmm. read the contract when Nicole brought it. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes. if, if there's anybody in town that you need to read the contract for, it's if it's a Taylor contract. <laughs> you don't know what yeah. he's sneaking in there. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. do find out in later episodes that he snuck in a
1: glass wall. Oh, that is how that happened. Ugh nicole should have told him Mm -hmm. if she was really into him but anyway (laughs) getting ahead of myself so after this scene we go
0: back to the garage where the band is prepping and uh zach is flirting with lorelei this was my friday night dinner I kind mm. of the same, I had the same conundrum as you did with the gazebo moment. Like, there wasn't anything that I was really up in arms about in this episode, mm-hmm. but I think it's so gross that Zach is just, like, laying it on thick with Lorelai, like, smothering her. She has to come up with all sorts of excuses to get away from him. It's just so gross. And yeah. I guess he maybe he is, like, 17 or 18, but that's not an excuse to be so disgusting. <laughs> He's... Mm-hmm. And, he's gonna be a big character in the future like they couldn't have given him a bit more
1: of a a likable entrance into the show (laughs) i mean above all else it was just really strange like Mm -hmm. a strange choice for them to write that as his like very brief only storyline in the episode and i i do get a feeling of like they didn't quite know where they were going with that character Mm -hmm. yet kind of vibe because i don't remember him being overly Flirtatious and like inappropriate ways later on. I could be wrong, but I just thought it was so strange. Like he would know that was Rory's mom. Like, and they're going to be practicing in her garage. It's one thing for like a teenage boy to have a crush on like an attractive mom, but he was like actually coming on Mm -hmm. to her as if she would actually go on a date with him. And that's what just felt so weird about this. Yeah. yeah, it was just odd. I also,
0: I also got angry that this is one of those circumstances where a man won't just take no for an answer. You need to come up mm-hmm. with some sort mm-hmm. of excuse because Lorelai comes up with... Like, I can't listen yeah, to music. Yeah, she tells him she has some sort of disease or something where she can't listen to music, like it messes <laughs> with her inner ear or something, which is mm-hmm. obviously ridiculous, but...
1: is <laughs> I can't listen to music... The new I-have-a-boyfriend like way to get out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Speaking of boyfriends, I don't know if they are official, Mm -hmm. but there is a bit of a Dave and Lane storyline in the scene. And I was thrown for a loop Mm -hmm. at first. The writers really got me (laughs) when Dave started talking down to Lane and telling her to, like, play like a guy. I was just like, Rory, (laughs) I was really angry. And, like, how can... How could he say that to you? Like, why didn't you like defend yourself or anything like that? But then I was quickly delighted to learn that this was yet another Lane and Dave scheme that they're both in on as a way to kind of try to maintain some harmony in the band by mm-hmm. not letting Zach and Brian know that they're dating. I think this is like strategic, but I also feel like this is a dangerous game. Yeah. Like this is the kind of thing you enter willingly. and I don't remember where this goes i kind of wish i did because like my hypothesis with my foggy memory is like this could go Mm -hmm. bad you know like lane's okay with the insults now but if he takes it one step too far or says something she doesn't like like her feelings could actually get hurt you know so it's a a tough you know act to follow with this one i think it's
0: also surprising maybe not from zach in this (laughs) scene but that like (laughs) brian doesn't stand up and say hey Dave, you're out of line. Like, you're being really mean a, and Lane's a good, a good drummer. <laughs> like, there's... Yeah, that makes it look worse for yeah. them. <laughs> like, they they, sh- they, don't need to... They obviously need to make it seem like they're not in romantically involved, but they should still get mm-hmm. along, you think. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I still thought it was cute, even though...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was <laughs> a weird, weird thing. It was kind of like... Their first taste of role playing, which could yeah. like play it into their future relationship if they ever had one, damn you writers, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was an interesting scene, but I'm glad that Rory did get like upset about it,
1: yes, otherwise yeah. that would have been so she's weird. no Brian or Zach, yeah. <laughs> she
0: defends her friend, <laughs> yeah. I thought Brian was great in these scenes very like background character nothing really going mm-hmm. on but you could already see some characterization happening for him and it wasn't yeah. slimy and gross like Zach's so that's good yeah
1: we'll have to keep an eye on all of those band mate characters as they develop yeah and you know stick around in the seasons mm-hmm. even longer yeah But, you know, speaking of people who don't stick around (laughs) very long, unfortunately, the next scene is Alex and Lorelai's coffee date. And it's a really, like, lovely date, minus the snafu where Lorelai accidentally gets herself a fishing (laughs) obligation. Ignoring that little part, like, I don't know, it's just so sweet. They're tasting all these different coffees. They seem to be talking about very real things, (laughs) you know, like their kids and... Um, hobbies and things like that and I don't know and Lorelai describes it as her idea of heaven minus the unicorn and Alex looks so cute with like long hair and this red sweater like it's just nice and his scene again later in the episode where he interacts with Rory really had me wishing he was Mm -hmm. around longer because I think he could have been like a serious contender but he's not unfortunately.
0: (laughs) He's he reminded me a lot of Max Medina. Like just the way mm-hmm. that they interacted, because they seem to have like good banter, even though he did, but
1: more rugged.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he did misinterpret Lorelai just kind of like going off about nature as actual interest in being mm-hmm. in nature. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, they they don't necessarily have the same sexual chemistry that Max and Lorelai seem to have. Mm-hmm. But maybe that would That's develop. A good point. But we yeah we just don't see him for some odd reason. When I was writing my notes, I wrote his name as Sam the entire time until the last scene and then I was like <laughs> when corrected it I have no idea why I thought his name was Sam. Hmm.
1: Makes no It's a sense. very you know like generic male <laughs> yeah. name like both Alex and Sam are but I don't know why that yeah. happened for you. I did
0: recently start re re-watching Supernatural so
1: maybe that's it. <laughs> that could be it definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking in the scene that I would be like running to the bathroom yeah. after drinking that much coffee. I'd be so though. jittery. <laughs> I know. Like, I understand they're small cups, but it adds mm-hmm. up. And they didn't really mention that at and all. And they didn't have a
0: <laughs> snack or anything. It's kind of like going wine tasting. Like, you want to have
1: mm. some sort
0: of food in there at some point to soak things up and, like, change the taste <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> they should have at yeah. least had, like, like get biscotti a biscotti or, or a croissant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But otherwise, it was like a perfect Lorelai date. Like it couldn't, Mm -hmm. it had her most, like her
1: biggest interests, coffee and men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to say I had her same like reaction when she realizes she accidentally said yes to a fishing date because like I view myself very much as like an indoor cat Mm -hmm. rather than an outdoor cat and I can go out like, in small doses (laughs) (laughs) or like on vacations and things Mm -hmm. you know so like i i sympathize with her
0: (laughs) i i like going fishing (laughs) i was gonna ask if you
1: had fishing experience yeah my
0: family like we grew up uh my grandparents have a place in colorado like in the mountains in colorado Mm -hmm. so we would go up there for all of our vacations and we'd go fishing all the time so I have some fishing experience. I haven't been out for a long time, but I do enjoy it. It's kind of, I i wouldn't say I'm a good fisher, but, and I'm not like a fly fisher. Like I think what Luke was teaching Lorelei, I'm more of a like, yeah. set up your chair, throw out your <laughs> line <laughs> and sit there staring at the water for hours kind of fisher. <laughs> it's kind mm-hmm. of calming, though I did get bored a
1: lot as a child. yeah. I think that would be my problem. I have, I fished a few times when I was in uh, summer camps mm-hmm. as a kid. Like that would often be an activity in like a lake at a park or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, not much beyond yeah. that. So I would take a, a book. That's the only
0: way to get through it, really.
1: Yeah, I think I would be fine with it now. I also have a sun problem oh, though, yeah. in which I can't be in it very yeah, <laughs> you well. Know.
0: That's like a thing about like being in the mountains or something. The sun, like the the temperature is just cooler and the sun mm-hmm. is still strong, but it doesn't feel like it does here, you know, where it really heats you up. Anyways. <laughs> Back to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> After this, we're walking around town and Lane runs up to Rory with some amazing news. She is going to prom. <laughs> And, of course, we know that this is, like, a huge step for Mrs. Kim. Like, she would never allow Lane to go to prom. It ends up that Lane has kind of... She's actually not gotten a yes to prom. She's gotten a maybe (laughs) from Mrs. Kim, which is still a big thing. But Mrs. Kim also gets to approve the man or the boy that would take her to prom. And he has to, like, yeah, be somebody that Mrs. Kim likes and approves of and finds as a good fit to lane which is should be an
1: alarm bell (laughs) for us in our excitement i know they they go to the stars hollow beauty shop and once they leave lane like keeps going on about how she feels so good like everything is going well for her I felt like that is definitely setting up, like, (laughs) oh, something bad is about to happen when a character is talking about, like, what could possibly go wrong? I also,
0: when we're in the beauty shop, I had my Lorelai's closet for (laughs) Kirk, who is, of course, working at the beauty Mm -hmm. shop. I guess Shane has disappeared Mm -hmm. from town. But he's wearing, like, this green kind of art deco sweater vest. I really liked it. I would totally, actually, Mm -hmm. probably wear something like that
1: (laughs) I loved it (laughs) and it's just Kirk yeah I liked Lane's hat in this scene too it was beige and had two puffs on it kind of like ears Mm -hmm. like it reminded me of a teddy bear I have my Lorelai's closet elsewhere but that was a close run-up for me yeah though in this scene I do have my stars hollow moment and I really felt convinced that you would have this one too (laughs) but it's good that we had separate so this was a classic, you know, Kirk, of course, he's working at the shop, but I thought this was one of his better surprise I work here scenes because it's just so fun, like, how seriously mm-hmm. they portray Kirk taking it and he, when they enter, is, like, painting nails of the display and then when they check out, he offers them samples and talks about, like, how it'll help their skin and tells Lane to call him and let him know how she likes the honey mask. It was all, you know really it was so serious that it was funny to me (laughs) though like you mentioned I thought this was a missed opportunity to have Shane still working at the store and there could be like Rory has had a scene with Dean since the breakup I don't think I mean I know we don't get a Jess and Shane but we don't get a Jess I mean we don't get a Rory Mm -hmm. and Shane either like she just disappears and I, it could have been so cool to see Rory and Shane interact and have Shane confront Rory or just have Shane get a moment or closure or explain why she, be, why she will be gone. Like It could have been good. Yeah, and said <laughs> she was just a prop
0: for that love triangle storyline. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I also... So I was thinking just with what you were talking about with Kirk and his skincare uh, suggestions. If... Kirk was in 2023. Do you think he would have a YouTube channel and be an influencer <laughs> or be on TikTok and be an influencer or at least trying to like <laughs> break into influencing?
1: Yeah, I could see him doing a YouTube channel that like maybe only a handful of people mm-hmm. watch and then, you know, maybe he'd end up making a break at some point. But I th- I could see it being very like weird con. Here. Yeah, yeah. He'd
0: go viral with like a blooper, or, mm-hmm. or honestly, one of his Kirk movies. Yeah,
1: I bet he would also have the movies mm-hmm. up there, which could garner some attention. Definitely, yeah. I bet Taylor mm-hmm. would comment on everything, and Miss Patty
0: mm-hmm. as a supportive role. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well, the only other thing to mention about this scene that will come up later is Lane has a cousin who's having a wedding at her house this weekend and apparently he couldn't find um a significant other on his own so the family has arranged in lane's words, shipped over <laughs> a girl from the old country um to marry him i'll have some thoughts about that yeah. later but for now you know in the context of the scene they're buying some makeup and things that they'll use for getting the bride ready Secretly from Mrs. Kim,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just an arranged marriage. I don't know why they had to <laughs> use other words, but the next scene mm-hmm. we get with uh we're at the inn, and Sukie is putting berries on a huge cake where I have my gotta taste test <laughs> moment <laughs> This is my gotta nice. taste test as well. It's like the only food <laughs> other than coffee, mm mm-hmm. It looked, like, really good, though. And I love a raspberry. Yeah, it was, like, this huge kind of tiered cake, but, like, super, the bottom level wide. was super wide. I was wondering what it was for. It was, like, is that for the wedding? Because I don't see Mrs. Kim having a wedding mm-hmm. cake like this. Um, but I also wanted to note that almost every, well, not every time, but often when we see Suki in the kitchen, she is placing berries on desserts. <laughs> I just love that that's
1: like the prop work that they have for her as a chef. (laughs) Right, but she seems more like a chef to me than a baker. Mm -hmm. Like obviously she does both, but it is kind of funny that it's the convenient way for her to be looking like she's doing an activity in the kitchen as they have a scene. (laughs) I haven't noticed that before, but I feel like I will now moving (laughs) forward. The count for how many berries Sookie puts
0: on... A dessert <laughs> yeah because we need
1: another thing to
0: yeah. track. <laughs> and during this scene Lorelai is kind of not necessarily complaining but just like bemoaning the fact that she's ended up in this with this fishing date and she doesn't really think she's gonna enjoy it um Suki tells her to go anyways she explains, or she gives an example of when she and Jackson were starting to date and she was like, sometimes you just lie at the begin- at the beginnings of ra- relationships, just kind of go with it. And she had told Jackson at one point that she liked frogs. And so now she has a frog collection because he and his family <laughs> keep getting her frogs, but she can't go back on it, which sounds like a
1: mm-hmm.
0: a fine thing for frogs. But if you're going to say that you enjoy mm-hmm. an activity you don't enjoy you might yeah.
1: get stuck doing that activity a lot and that's not going to be great. <laughs> I found this relatable and I I know it's a thing that could happen in relationships like this but minus the lying part I feel like this also happens with family mm-hmm, members. Yeah. For example, like I've been a sloth girl before <laughs> like I make it known I think sloths are cute and then before you know it like I've got so many plushies Mm -hmm. and I got a sloth on a coffee cup things like that and my partner had the same experience he was Batman boy growing (laughs) up because he loved Batman and he still does but like he just kept getting Batman Mm -hmm. presents over and over and over again and he had to have like an intervention with his family at one point like I got enough like Batman stuff now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Uh, Maybe not to the same degree.
0: My grandma thought my favorite color was pink because I told her that when I was three. And she thought that that was my favorite color <laughs> until I was 17 and finally told her that no, wow. black was my favorite color. So <laughs> <laughs> what a change. Yeah. But I also like my big obsessions or like things that I was interested in were, like, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and stuff like that, and I, so I got a lot of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter stuff from people, but I was, like, it was an actual, like, big Mm -hmm. interest of mine, so I I appreciated it. It wasn't something else. I do get a lot of cat paraphernalia, and obviously I love cats, but I don't necessarily want everything in my house to be (laughs) cat-themed,
1: so that is, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is something. (laughs) So it was relatable, I thought. But um, yeah, so moving ahead, we have the beginning of a Chilton storyline, the continuation of this Paris and Rory feud. Uh, Finally, I think the teacher advisor for student council actually offers Mm -hmm. helpful advice (laughs) because Paris comes storming in wanting to impeach (laughs) Rory from her position. And the teacher is like, no, we're not doing that. We don't impeach people here because this is student <laughs> council. Yeah. yeah, Paris wanted to, like, was accusing her of high crimes
0: like espionage and treason. <laughs> she mm-hmm. so dramatic. Um, and she yes. had all the, like, evidence and everything in bound folders and everything. But, yeah, I was happy that finally the teacher stepped in because we've complained about him not doing anything in the past. So that was good.
1: I was also, though, like, a little annoyed by this scene in the same way that I wish Shane had been at the store. I, I wish Francie had been at the student yeah, where council was she? meeting. Like, I, we knew that she kind of disappears from the show, but I thought at least she would still be here for the end of this mm-hmm. storyline that she's, like, centrally involved yeah. in, and they're talking about her, and she's not at the table, and they don't acknowledge that she's not there. And it just makes me wonder like is it only be it couldn't be like a money thing yeah. like they would have to pay Shane and Francie actors like more but that i can i feel like at season 3 they'd have enough to pay like minor care i'm not sure cuz i'm just like what is the logic yeah. i don't really That's understand so and it
0: was just last episode that Francie was doing the like uh garage scene and everything so it's not even like there'd been another episode in between. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah, that's so weird. Because we never see her again until the re- until the reboot, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, leaving all these
1: strings. I know. Also, the last thought I had about this scene is, like, I continue to be so puzzled by the Chilton Student Council <laughs> and its function in the school because... As the scene closes, Paris is telling them that they need to discuss the fundraising efforts because the pool needs to be re-plastered. And I'm like, how could this possibly be the student council's responsibility? It's like a safety (laughs) hazard. (laughs) Yeah. And second of all, like, why do they even need to fundraise for that at all? That seems like something they would just pay Mm -hmm. for. Do they not have boatloads of money from all of the tuition and like rich donors, like I, I, I'm sure it's not that <laughs> deep, but like, <laughs> it couldn't have been that hard to write a throw away throwaway, throwaway yeah. line where they're fundraising for something that actually made sense. Like, I feel like they would be doing, like, philanthropy rather than, like, actually funding school projects. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've also
0: been noticing that the Franklin has completely disappeared this season since mm-hmm. they've been on the student council, but they're that's both, true. I think, still doing the Franklin stuff like is it's mentioned later in the
1: episode
0: yeah so they just can't manage to do two extracurriculars (laughs) in a season I guess
1: especially because the Yale newspaper becomes Mm -hmm. such a big thing later on I think looking back if they could have you know this 2020 from hindsight they probably would have embraced the Mm -hmm. newspaper more I would think yeah
0: I agree so after this scene we
1: are back at Luke's
0: And Nicole shows up. It's our first time meeting her. Jess calls her the IRS. So we have Jess in this episode, (laughs) but I thought it was interesting that he and Rory are never in a scene together. Um Mm -hmm. it's But they are hanging out, but it's off screen. And Jess is just here mostly to be sassy towards Luke and tease him about his (laughs) new potential love interest. Mm -hmm. Um, so Nicole has the paperwork from Taylor she talks about how Taylor loves things in triplicate which I think is such a fun word to say triplicate Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) triplicate Um, and she
0: and Luke kind of have little banter like making fun of Taylor and stuff and they seem to be getting along I wouldn't necessarily call this flirty but Mm -hmm. they are getting along you know
1: yeah, like I would feel like they're, I would describe it perhaps as like charisma mm-hmm. between the two of them, chemistry, but in the sense not necessarily of sexual chemistry yet, but a certain like getting along mm-hmm. between the two of them, which is shocking considering how rude Luke is to her at the <laughs> yeah. beginning. That, But they're ending up kind of like friendly by the end of it and just describes that like, she's into him and that she was panting while (laughs) he was signing the document, which I think is an overstatement. (laughs) Um, But as a a whole, like, I felt like Nicole is, like, pretty, like, friendly. She seems funny. I kind of question the way that she was sort of making fun Mm -hmm. of Taylor. I feel like it's towing the line of this whole attorney-client privilege thing. (laughs) But as a whole, like, I think she seems fairly like lovely you know um and i just say all of this because i feel like nicole is very forgettable Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word or maybe it's the right word like do you have any before this episode like strong feelings or memories of nicole because i did not i only remember she existed because i found her in the list of characters, when I was making yeah. the March Madness <laughs> bracket, and I thought, oh yeah, and then I'm like, oh wait, I think she's about
0: to be in our season. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing I remember about her is has she's not even in the scene, but when Luke like kicks that guy's car because he finds out that somebody's been sleep like somebody else has been with Nicole when they've been married, oh. and then he goes to jail, and Lorelai has to come pick him up. Oh wow, Her not to jail, but you know, to the police station. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. thematic>. I <laughs> yeah. I did give Jess my Jess sass attack in this scene because hmm. he makes fun of Luke and says that Nicole must have had ulterior motives because she was laughing at all of his jokes <laughs> 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 which is just like something I'm sure I've told my dad or somebody like you know it was just some, a fun way to tease people who I don't know think they're funny especially for dads with their their weird jokes you know totally finally Jess gets a dress ass attack
1: yeah that's fitting um and this is left a little Mm open-ended as the scene ends luke is staring at the coffee cup she left behind so it's definitely a clue that you know something could develop here we interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor it's spring and that means it's time to spruce up your home or business but please, don't try to follow some YouTube video and do it yourself. Hire a professional. Hire Tom. Tom is Sars Hollow's one and only contractor for a reason. He gets the job done and he gets it done right. And as a resident of Stars Hollow, he knows how to deal with troublesome business proprietors like one Taylor Dosey. The trick is to simply not take any of his shit.
0: Tom is a true professional. He'll make sure all the necessary permits are filled out without having to be pestered by Taylor. And that means you won't have to deal with our town magistrate at all. Talk about perks. Tom is also one of the best employers of Stars Hollow. He doesn't discriminate against hapless town heartthrobs or even over-enthusiastic wannabe contractors. If you need a job, Tom will find something for you to do. Sometimes homeowners have even been known to provide pizza and donuts to
1: workers Not to mention a little accidental peep show that nobody ever mentions again. So hire Tom today. Listeners of Talking Fast will get a 10% discount on material costs for any spring spruce if they just mention to Tom that they will play the podcast on a speaker for the workers every week. (laughs) Don't wait on this one-time offer. If you don't hire Tom, you're bound to get bogged down by bureaucratic steps, courtesy of Taylor. but we have to wait for that though we stay in Luke's for the next scene it's later that day I have a couple nominations in this scene uh the first is related to how Rory has checked out all of these books on fishing so that Lorelai can learn about it before her date and I feel like that's very Mm -hmm. Rory (laughs) like that makes sense I do like feel the logical move for Lorelai would have been to like admit to Alex on the date that she doesn't know Mm -hmm. anything about fishing and then do the like flirty romantic teach me how kind of moment with him and I was like why didn't anyone suggest that to her Uh, but moving forward they're reading about fishing and where Lorelai reads about the appropriate lure. lure. lure, That's like some Midwestern of me. Lure. Lure? lure.
0: I think it's lure. Lure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she says she'll have to wear the sequin top she wore to the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets my Lorelai's closet nice. <laughs> because I thought it'd be fun abstract but to imagine what kind of sequin top she wore that would attract people to her. And later on, she says, well, I can't do the larger, flashier baits because those are just going to make me look cheap. And I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Luke comes up and says sort of like, hello, like, you know, someone who knows how to fish, I can help you. And he addresses them at one point in this conversation as Thelma and mm-hmm. Louise, which is my Rory's bookshelf that is one of my favorite movies about, you know, two friends named Thelma and Louise. And they're on the run from the law. And it's a very, like, iconic sort of, like, feminist and friendship sort of movie. It's one of the first appearances of Brad Pitt as oh. well. And he's young and hot and, like, a cowboy. So there's a lot for everyone. Wow. The movie brings a lot to the table. i seen it. <laughs> I would highly recommend it. I almost when I was envisioning like a dream syllabus of women writers, I wanted to include Thelma and Louise as like a movie because it carries on like a lot of themes of good, you know, feminist literature and whatnot. But with that all said, I didn't really understand why Luke called them Thelma and Louise (laughs) in the context of the scene, because it's very like broad of friends. Like Thelma and Louise are friends and Lorelai and Rory have a friendly mother daughter relationship, but other than that it didn't seem related to the context of the movie at all. So, I thought that was a bit strange. Usually the references are a bit more on mm-hmm. point, you know.
0: Yeah, like there there must be, a be another pair like of mischief makers or something out there that would be better fit. Maybe like a pair of I don't know nerds or something. <laughs> Some people <laughs> trying to learn how to do physical things through reading a book. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. <laughs> But we do get set up with Luke teaching Lorelai, so she doesn't she doesn't try and get Alex to do the flirty teach me how thing, but Luke will
1: happily do it,
0: <laughs> but not in a very flirty way.
1: Yeah, and I I do think it's important to like note that she doesn't ask mm-hmm. Luke, which I kind of thought when I began to watch the episode. I'm like, oh, at some point she's just gonna ask Luke, and it will be like, girl, why didn't you just ask the guy you're into? But It was Luke volunteering and she gets in the awkward position of not telling him from the start that it is for a date, though I think we know he suspects it, even though she doesn't say it, because later on he very like pointedly questions her about it. So I think he knew what he was getting into a little bit and still did it anyway. (laughs) Luke, of course. (laughs) But we'll come back to that. Yeah, (laughs) We go to Chilton. With the goddamn exterior shot again. I know. (laughs) Was this the same one
0: from the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the like the gargoyle. (laughs) Gargoyle. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why Why? they would do that. Like show show the nice archway entrance or something. Or just show them there, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Why if they want to do an exterior shot so bad, why not have filmed something of the set that they've used before? Or even use old footage. I'm sure they've had some, like. Uh, yeah, whatever. I think they've. I've already they've critiqued done it, done <laughs> good exterior shots of Chilton
0: before. But mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. Go to the archive. <laughs> yeah. So we are, for, like, we just enter in and Rory is being sent to, or she's showing up at Headmaster Charleston's office. Uh, she has been called there and she finds out Paris is there as well. They argue a little bit. There's just, it's so sad to see their, like, budding friendship turn into these just, like, jabs at each other because they are just mm-hmm. both being so vicious towards each other, like, not even talking really about things, just exchanging insults. Um, But Headmaster Charleston is concerned. I thought that this was, like, there aren't many good examples of, like, the teachers and especially headmaster Charleston like caring about the students and their kind of interpersonal stuff and their lives. But I did appreciate that he like, it had been brought to his attention that these two people who more or less mostly got along were having such a hard time with each other. Mm -hmm. So I I did appreciate that he was trying to intervene. Um, Paris attempts to like, Be super professional at the very beginning and just distract, uh, professor or headmaster Charleston from the issue, which leads to Rory yelling at her. Which I thought was Mm -hmm. like it took me back to the outburst she had in Max Medina's class after the deer stuff. Like, we don't often see Mm -hmm. Rory just kind of losing her shit, (laughs) but she was doing that here. Um, just kind of super out of character i mean still in character but not her normal persona i guess Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i feel like i i did appreciate the scene as a whole and i felt like this was a time i was actually on charleston's Mm -hmm. side and the lecture that he's giving both of them and i felt like they honestly kind of deserved Mm -hmm. it because it sounds like they've been taking this feud like all over the school in scenes that we haven't seen he mentions they had like fights in the cafeteria, like not physical, but, you know, they've been bickering in the cafeteria. Apparently they were also arguing in the Franklin, even though we didn't see it. And so it seems like it's really affecting, you know, their performance at school, clubs, you know, all of that. And then I think there is the whole like, you were friends, I'm concerned element to it as well. And there was a part that I did not like, which I, I, the part I didn't like, Paris also didn't like, and I've nominated her line for just sass attack. So, at the point before he lectures, he's asking them like, "What is the root of the problem? What's really going on?" And in his defense, they won't admit it. So he says, "I'm going to have to start guessing." And his second two options are like power struggle or popularity thing, which seem you know fairly basic high school. Although power struggle is a little yeah. intense. <laughs> But the the first option, which is a little more gendered and stereotypical, is he asks, like, are you fighting over a boy? And Paris says, oh, because we're girls, we must be arguing about the same boy, sexist, white-haired. <laughs> yeah. And she's, like, muttering. <laughs> and he's like, Paris, what did you say? And she's like, oh, <laughs> nothing. But I thought that was a really great sarcastic mm-hmm. line. And again, like, I think it was a little typical of him you know Mm -hmm. sexist white-haired man but I don't think it was that bad in the grand scheme of things but I love the sarcastic line she had and really yeah he was just trying to guess what was actually going on and it never really comes out but I mean really the sad thing is the root is just like a perceived Mm -hmm. betrayal is really what Paris what that what these things are from Paris's end and then Rory is like the Reaction to that of like feeling hurt that she won't just like move on mm-hmm. and forgive her. And yeah, yeah, so yeah, the,
0: the actual explanation is so minor if they actually just explained mm-hmm. it to each other, <laughs> but it does never <laughs> happen. I did, yeah, note something that Headmaster Charleston tells Rory. He tells her that she needs to start taking uh, or think about taking responsibility. Um, If she's just going to start running away or if she's just going to start running away at the first sign of conflict... Or something like that mm. I definitely wrote that quote down <laughs> incorrectly but
1: it yeah but it's about like how she agreed to be vice yeah. president and she says like oh I'll just drop the role I don't care I never wanted to do it anyway and he's like no you're gonna stay as vice president and mm-hmm. you need to accept responsibility you can't you know flee at the first yeah of the I thought
0: that this was super foreshadowing for future Rory problems mm. specifically her issues with Mitchum at when she's like kind of his assistant for that job. Um where like we'll definitely get into it when we talk about that whole interaction with Mitchum, but she she doesn't like stick around or try and do any like solve the problem in any way or take responsibility or anything like that. She just, you know, steals a yacht and drops out of Yale. Um mm-hmm. so this is something that Rory is like a trend for Rory not taking responsibility. And we've seen it before where she avoids conflict at at any at mm-hmm. any uh in any way she can. And yeah, I think <clears throat> Professor Headmaster Charleston was pretty astute in calling her out on this, but I don't think she heard him, so
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> alas. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good observation. And I hadn't picked up on the foreshadowing in that line so much the the thing I was thinking about as you were talking is it's also interesting that in a another way we have critiqued Rory for sticking to things mm-hmm. too much so it's like she does you know she does both and both impulses are sort of related to the yeah. conflict yeah. avoidance and so it's like the other side of her character is the sticking to something for far too long and taking on the responsibility of it for too long like with Mm. the dean relationship so yeah yeah it's all just because she doesn't want to deal with the conflict
0: which (laughs) i think also is still present uh in the revival unfortunately Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and like we've said like we uh, we do remember that she is a teenage Mm -hmm girl, you know, and we do have sympathy and don't expect her to do everything perfectly, but what makes it so interesting for analysis now is the fact that it's like a recurring yeah. character flaw for her that only develops and, you know, expresses even worse mm-hmm. like in her adulthood. Yeah. So and- it's just really cool to see the um like seeds of that right now in her you know early years. Yeah
0: and she's almost never called out for it like nobody ever. Mm -hmm. I mean including from fans for a long time like that wasn't really the main complaint about Rory. Um, I think it's like people are being more critical about her now than they used to
1: be but. Definitely. (laughs) Now it's like the thing to be critical (laughs) so. I I think like I'll always remember that scene after the car crash where she's just walking around like demanding people hold her Mm -hmm. responsible the whole time and she has a fight with Lorelei about it that is never resolved and you just have to like wonder where that Rory went and I feel like it's not that hard to see how that would happen when she like she kind of just gives in to the influences around her, after a certain point, like, oh, I must be the angel, or at least I have to try to be, because that's how everyone treats me like that is her environment, and of course, it's related to the troubles with dating jess, you know, like how can that <laughs> how can she coexist in the town as the angel while dating the rebellious yeah. guy so it's all intertwined <laughs> it's
0: <so true. laughs> uh the scene ends with Rory like attempting to kind of patch things up and Paris just Mm -hmm. not having Mm -hmm. any of it she's pretty unresponsive and just says no (laughs) and walks away which is it's sad that made me sad because she's clearly like she's clearly very hurt more like Mm -hmm. not just about the Jamie stuff but mostly I think just because she feels like she had been vulnerable with Rory in a way Mm -hmm. she hadn't necessarily been with other friends in the past and then she feels betrayed which is completely understandable indeed
1: well moving forward we are at the fishing scene with luke and lorelei lorelei thinks they'll be going to the lake but luke has brought a kiddie pool and filled it with trout to practice fishing in the front yard because she's not ready for the lake yet this poor trout. even though she's put on <laughs> she's put on all of this heavy duty fishing gear That she said, like, oh, if I'd known I could buy a new outfit, I would have agreed to, like, a lot of different (laughs) hobbies or something like that. And her outfit is just so ridiculous. She's got, like, a little hat. She's got these boots that, like, go up to her thighs as if she was about to, like, do the kind of fishing where you're, like, standing in the water. And she's got a vest with all of these pockets for, like, stuff. And it's really silly, especially when she wears it again later and Alex just comes (laughs) over in, like, jeans.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I... This was my gazebo moment, the whole practice fishing. Mm. I think it's just because it's another example of, like, the extent that Luke goes to for Lorelai, and it's kind of too much. (laughs) It's like, this is kind of ridiculous, but it also reminds me of later on when he, like, makes her an ice skating rink and everything. Um, But it's also an interesting character development moment for Luke, I think, because Mm -hmm. he's, like, I feel like especially since the dance episode maybe he's kind of been I don't know maybe considering more that there's a possibility of him and Lorelai even though of course he'll never make the move or at least not for a while um mm-hmm. but in this like he finally gets her wheedles it out of her to say that she's going on a date with a guy and that she's excited about it And I think that this is a moment like something clicks in Luke's head where he's like, I can't just keep waiting. She's going to go from, she's going to keep dating people um, and never think of me. So I need to move on. And we see him like take action Mm -hmm. on that in a later scene. So I thought it was really interesting. It was a sweet, nice scene. They really like obviously have such good chemistry together. But
1: yeah, so Luke realization, light bulb moment. Yeah it was a bittersweet scene I think and I do think it's so like we I think it's common to think of Lorelai as potentially like leading Luke on or taking advantage of the way he's always there for her but this was like totally Mm -hmm. Luke's idea he offered this unprompted he did all of this on his own and I do think it is the, like a turning point for him. And I wonder if it also goes back a bit to like what Jess had said to him too about how he is like the puppy mm-hmm, dog following her around and things. But when he asks her um, like, who? why are you doing this again? She says friends. He's like, what friends? <laughs> like yeah. Sophie, Rory? And she's like, okay, it's for a guy. And he asks her, why didn't you tell me? Which I think is a great question mm-hmm. because her answer is like I'm kind of embarrassed I got roped into this and also you don't want to know about my personal Just so life. Ridiculous. As if she doesn't <laughs> I know, as if she doesn't like put her personal life on him mm-hmm. all the time and it they have like a moment of silence as he looks at her and it it's like the answer is because she knows he's into yeah. her. And she's not thinking of him that, this, that way at this point. And she's afraid to hurt him. But she either, like, perhaps that's a subconscious knowledge or it's just conscious and she doesn't want to say it. But he knows that's the answer. And that she's, you know, with another guy again. Like, he'd probably been also giving her some space after the Christopher stuff. And, like, the space has been filled mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> by, you know, John Hamm and then Charlie Swan. Yeah. So too late, Luke. <laughs> um, um. But I do think it's a really good turning point for him to then later on, like, okay, I should ask Nicole out. I should actually, like, pursue someone interested in me. Yeah, Yeah, I think it also,
0: like, marks the starting point of what will lead to him eventually making a move for her because he's had, like, a decade of pining after her (laughs) and not making any move. So this was, like, the first time that he's going to actually just, do something (laughs) regardless Mm -hmm. of what it is and that obviously gives him I don't know the motivation or like just the kind of practice for doing something later
1: on yeah it seems like in season one there were moments where he like kind of made the Mm -hmm. move on her you know you had the almost kiss when they were painting and they're was the time where he almost asked her out, but then changed his mind. And they had that conversation, which was kind of around that time in the season, I think, where Lorelai says in very like, um, hidden kind of way, like, oh, you're the only reliable person in my life. Like, I wouldn't ever want to risk that. Mm -hmm. Essentially, like the classic, we shouldn't date because I'm afraid I'd lose you kind of thing. So it's interesting to think about like, why hasn't he... Made a move since then. Like, have those experiences made him doubt, like, oh, it will never happen? Is it, like, well, she was engaged to Max and then Christopher. There hasn't exactly been a great opening until now, but it's closing again for them, unfortunately. (laughs) But also kind of good, fortunately and (laughs) unfortunately.
0: I am, like, I do wish that we got more with Alex because that would be an interesting relationship to pursue. But, yeah, it is. Luke just needs to... He needs the right timing, I think. And he just seems mm-hmm. unsure yeah. all the
1: time. Encouraged. Yeah. And Lorelai has to be, at, uh, you know, in the right point yeah. in her, you know, mind as well as life, too. So it, it'll just make it satisfying when it does happen for us. <laughs> right, right. It's, and then her next love interest is just so different from, <laughs> like, any of them. Like, what they took a really extreme 180 from Alex. I know. I'm kind <laughs> of excited to get to Jason. He's an interesting except guy. Except that they're all brunettes.
0: Well, except for Christopher. brunettes.
1: What'd you call Christopher? Oh, I guess I thought he has darker hair.
0: Maybe he's like a yeah. sandy blonde. Yeah, I guess it's so short. I th- yeah, I'd say a sandy blonde. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the next scene, it's super early in the morning. Rory's like laying on the table, angry at Life for waking her up at like, what, 5.15 or something? I would be too. I know, that's ridiculous. Um, also, I guess maybe... An early start is good for fishing, but it's not necessary. <laughs> that's another reason
1: I am not drawn to fishing. Yeah. Is that you do go out on the boat early because that's when the fish are like more likely to bite and stuff. Yeah. So same. <laughs> um,
0: but Alex does arrive miraculously. He has coffee and donuts, which Lorelai was kind of lamenting that she wasn't going to have time to get coffee. So we, such a good sign. Yeah, he's like checking all the boxes, as they would say on Love Island. um and she Lorelai like haphazardly shuffles out of the door with her rod like a big net she just looks ridiculous (laughs) and Alex looks over at Rory and he's like your mom's never been fishing before has she (laughs) um Rory attempts to say yes of course but I mean it's obvious and so he has thought ahead and made lunch reservations at a nice place. So he, yeah, he really, like, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just perfect all around, it seems.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the shahala Lodge and Spa yeah. or something like that. And it is a sign to me that, like, he did actually genuinely understand her. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe even in the moment that she agreed to go fishing with him, he sensed, like, oh, I don't <laughs> think she actually likes fishing and knew to, like, make the plan of, like, oh, we'll do, you know, lunch afterward. I brought coffee and donuts. Like, I just, yeah, I feel like he knew everything that was going on and he reacted so well. And then I also liked the line he said to Roy afterward where he's like, oh, go back to sleep. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it just seemed to me, like very like dad-like of him and it reminds you that you know he has two kids and he seems dedicated to them and if they had dated longer um not that you know as we said many times not that Rory needs a father figure but I actually do feel like he could have fit in their lives in that way Mm -hmm. and he could have had better conversations with Lorelai and helped her understand like how to be a partner when you have kids and stuff, or they could have worked on it together because mm-hmm. her approach with Max was like, "Oh, you're not, you're not in our lives." Essentially, like she didn't under she didn't think about where how he would play in to their dynamic, and I feel like Alex could have been more, um, better to be able to like work through that with her and fit in. Yeah, so, R.I.P. I know <laughs> it would
0: have been an interesting show to have like a blended family.
1: Yeah. That would have been cool. It would have really changed the show, <laughs> yeah, but very much. it could have been a different show, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, the next scene, we're at the Kims getting ready for the wedding. Mrs. Kim is walking around giving terse, like, compliments, supposedly, to people. <laughs> <Question mark. laughs> yeah, she compliments one person on losing weight, which is a questionable compliment. Um, we see that Dave is there, Lane is... Um, is taking stuff up to the bride, they have a little moment where Lane kind of is self-deprecating about her dress, which I really liked. And (laughs) um, Dave is cute and Lane goes up the stairs and Dave like peeks across like over the past the hallway to look at her and they have a little moment. It's very cute.
1: Yeah I think she was self-conscious about the size of the bow on the back oh, yeah. which I get yeah. when you're rocking a bow that big you have to embrace it or <laughs> not you know. Yeah that's true. <laughs> Around this scene is my Friday night dinner critique. Um, Essentially I was noticing as a uh, Lane leader describes it that they have like a wedding factory going mm-hmm. in their family. They've had 46 weddings in the last few years at the Kim's place and it seems like you know it's a lot of the cousins finding suitable matches and getting married there this kind of relates back to the whole they ship someone over um as if it was like a mail order bride or something and that you know um it's a range marriage and I feel like as the storyline fits within the larger Gilmore Girls you know, like it's a way to kind of like other the Kims and you know portray their Korean culture in a way that is from like this Western lens of like, oh, how could they? You it's know, like super Orientalism. Yeah, a- as if like Emily wouldn't not arrange an arranged marriage <laughs> yeah. for Lorelai or Rory in a heartbeat. She you know? kind of attempts to to have yeah. When they have like the party of
0: suitors for Rory, yes. <laughs>
1: I wrote that note down too. Like she really does <laughs> attempt to do it. And I, and you know, force Lore, like force Laurel and Christopher together in marriage. So, um, so that's like half of my, my critique is critiquing the writers and the way that they even introduced this plot line and use it at all. Um, but then the second half is like, given that it is a storyline in the show and the way that it plays out, I did feel like, what a, like I do want to offer like the classic you know feminist critique of marriage and the like gender roles and patriarchy and whatnot because as this unfolds for the bride like she's like literally had her voice taken away from her she can't communicate with anyone else and she's lost her agency and Rory and Lane are like talking over her as she's sitting there about like an example of a past a past marriage that came from one of these situations where, no, wait, okay, let me find my notes. Okay, so um, another marriage that took place a few years ago was Min Cha and Wan Nam. And after, you know, they're like, Rory was like, oh, what happened? You know, he was so mean. And it, They Lane shares a story about like, they were married for seven years and then she snapped on him, turned on him with a carrot peeler and she was peeling him yeah. <laughs> and the police showed up. <laughs> And he didn't press charges. And now he makes his meals and sleeps separately with a cutting board. Um, but they are still married, just like everyone else who they like mate for life. And mm-hmm. Rory later says, like, what a horrible way to go, like being peeled like a carrot, which is true. <laughs> That's definitely gruesome. But it's it's so, it's so just so interesting to me because on the one level, I feel like they are making the critique themselves here. Um, but then I also feel like they don't quite... Again, I think like it's mixed intent, mixed motives mm-hmm. that the Gilmore Girls writers struggle with, like just sticking to one side of things because the yeah. way that they're having Rory almost like sympathize with him and then like, oh, he didn't press charges as if like, well, she snapped for a good reason, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So it's it's, it's, a, it's all wrapped up in there in my Friday night dinner critique. And it it's complicated, you know. Yeah. Um, in a good way and a bad way. <laughs> yeah, they're
0: not really critiquing marriage. It well, I mean, not not successfully. They seem to just be critiquing Korean American mm-hmm. marriage um and like the the cultural ideas that go along with it. With, I,
1: I I think they're also portraying just in bad faith. Yeah, bad faith is a good way to describe it. Yeah. And I think that will tie in a little bit to the and with the prom plotline mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only other thing to mention in this scene, I feel like, is that Rory and Lane, as they're doing the makeup and all, they also talk about Jess and how Lane is going to try to give him a second chance. Mm-hmm. And this really just made me pause again, as we've discussed before, to think about, like, why does Lane need to give him a second chance at all? Like, I can't yeah. quite pinpoint where she became angry at him. And it seems like within the logic of the show, it is in that like episode about his car. And she's Mm -hmm. angry that he got a new car because Rory's had been wrecked. And she like yells at him and stuff. And after that she's shown being cold to him. But I feel like that's just a way to kind of like cover up the fact that Lane and Jess would get along. Yeah, like as we've kept saying. (laughs) So it just seems to me like they've really decided to stick to the whole Lane doesn't like Jess thing, but I don't really feel like they made that a solid fact, and Mm -hmm. I'm not really convinced by the story that they provide.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I also kind of got the impression at the end of this conversation that, like, they mentioned that there aren't going to be any more weddings, so it's like kind of a times are changing, and then they mentioned, well, maybe Lane's will be the next one, which they both, like, scoff at, but... (laughs) They also both kind of have this look on their faces, like, oh, things are changing, like, everything's changing soon. That has also showed up with Lorelai and Rory in past episodes. So I thought that was interesting. Like, they don't connect it with college and stuff at the moment, but it's just, like, this overarching theme of things are about to change.
1: Yeah, they do briefly mention like, oh, maybe we can come home from college to attend some of the other weddings, but it really does feel a part of that theme of like, the winds are changing. Yeah. <laughs> so the next scene, we're
0: back at Luke's, and this is a pretty short scene. Luke sees Nicole and Taylor chatting outside. Um, He goes out, he like kind of like tenses himself up, steals himself for the moment and goes <laughs> out. And then starts having this awkward, weird conversation with Nicole, like, warning her about jaywalking, asking about (laughs) his signature, and finally he bucks up and just asks her if she'd like to go to dinner, and she says yes. Uh, Jess gives him a funny look when he gets back, uh, which was great. (laughs) That was, (laughs) that look was almost my Jess-ass attack.
1: (laughs) yeah because Luke says shut up and he's like I didn't yeah. say anything and Luke says well don't <laughs> but the looks at oh. it all also in terms of memorable lines that I almost nominated I forgot in the previous scene when Mrs. Kim interrupts and barges in the room at one point she's like what's going on in here and Rory says I fell off my chair <laughs> yeah. and she said oh well don't <laughs> yeah.
0: That was great,
1: <laughs> and I like laughed so hard at that for a while. <laughs> just but, don't
0: <laughs> that like little bit felt, improved to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like Alexis Bladell had actually like she wasn't Fallen, meant to fall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she had just said
1: that, and then yeah, that was great. Oh <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So after Luke really awkwardly asking Nicole out, we returned to the wedding, and it kind of is happening like a wedding does i guess at one point (laughs) mrs kim goes up to inspect the bride's makeup and it passes her test which i thought was odd but i guess like you know um (laughs) she announces the reception at elks lodge after and how they all have to hurry because there's going to be a lot of people there and again Rory and Lane kind of start reminiscing at this, too. Rory's like, oh, I won't be able to hear her say that again. And, like, this is the last wedding. And that's why I think it's kind of weird that Rory says she's going to meet up with Jess instead of go to the reception with Lane. And Lane kind of says, you know, Jess could come, but he's not really the reception type, is he? And Rory says, no, not yet. And I wonder if they added that as a way to emphasize again, like, Lane's not totally come around to him yet. Jess isn't the best boyfriend yet and like fine I guess but I just feel like if they've been reminiscing this whole time I find it hard to believe Rory wouldn't go to the reception you know like I didn't like that yeah or it just didn't make sense to me at least yeah it also kind of
0: felt like Lane was feeling a bit I don't know abandoned because of the new relationship which had also happened with Dean. Um, Mm -hmm. So it seems like, yeah, Rory just needs to be a little bit more cognizant of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we also have had Dave kind of in the background playing for the wedding and everything. And he's standing in the background for this scene where (laughs) Mrs. Kim brings up Young Chu and says he will take Lane to the prom. You can see Dave in the background just, like, aghast. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Lane runs after Mrs. Kim and confronts her. She says no to her mom for the first time. Um, and she, she attempts to kind of say, you know, Young Chu's probably a great guy. And then she finally says, I like somebody else. This Mm -hmm. is not a great thing for Mrs. Kim to hear. She's very upset. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then Lane says that it's Dave. Uh, I wrote a cryptic note, Mrs. Kim's face after Lane says it's Dave. I'm assuming it was like a very strange Surprise. expression. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like you think of him as a boy kind of expression. <laughs> yeah. Um, And Lane tries to like go on this whole explanation. She says that Uh, At first, she didn't like Dave, but then as (laughs) when Mrs. Kim started seeing the good in him, the God in him, (laughs) Lane came around and started to really like him. And Mrs. Kim ends this whole conversation by just saying he's not Korean and Mm -hmm. walking out, which is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of, it makes sense from everything we've seen from Mrs. Kim so far that this would be Mm -hmm. a really big Like hurdle for her to get over with who lane would date everything else about dave is perfect you know he Mm -hmm. or he's putting on this whole perfect act he's doing all the things uh to win mrs kim over but there's one thing that he absolutely cannot ever change and that's
1: unfortunately the breaking point yeah very sad i did think lane's speech was very persuasive i really thought it could work honestly for a minute but no it doesn't and they're at an impasse like you said and i almost thought this would be when dave does his famous speech but it's not so i feel like that's coming up soon he just watches lane leave with the family and yeah yeah, and lane says to him you're not korean and that's kind of like he's probably like hmm what happened but I'm sure they'll discuss it later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was just standing there so forlorn. Poor guy. Mm -hmm. After he had put in all of this work to (laughs) win, Mrs. came over, he had played guitar hymns for hours and hours. (laughs) Uh, Poor guy. But hopefully, I mean, I know it's not the end for him yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yet. Yeah. (laughs) But the end is here. The final scene is Rory showing up at home, Lorelai accidentally caught a fish, and she has it in the bathtub. She named the fish Jane, and she liked the pretty lake. She liked the lodge and spa even more, and that's that. You know, they leave the fish in the bathtub, and it was funny that they added, like, a splash sound effect as they, like, left the bathroom. The fish is in the tub, you know? (laughs) Yeah. She also likes Alex, Uh, which is strange
0: because I'm pretty sure this is the last time we see him. Do we ever yeah, see him be, again?
1: I can't remember, but I don't think so. Even though she
0: <laughs> says like, "Yeah, I'll go on another date with him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess not. At least John Hamm had a conclusion to his story.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I guess you know isn't the isn't the end that he goes to move to Fort yeah, Washington, I, yeah, right? that's so true. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got to go do his policing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he no longer owns an iron iron business, which yeah. I was su- surprised to learn about in this episode. Yeah, that was out of the blue. This was his other job, I guess. But yeah.
0: I have been anyway. having a Twilight rewatch with one of my friends. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, we're on the
1: Breaking Dawn movies now. Those are the most unhinged movies I, of I know. All. I just. You, I stopped, like, they really just lost the narrative yeah. in that. I mean, she did two for the book, but the movies do as well. Yeah. Like, what an unsatisfactory
0: ending. Mm-hmm. Like, that climax just kind of didn't even
1: happen. Which is why I actually like what the movie did. Yeah, you that's know? true. Did yeah. You? Yeah. It was like, I wish I could have seen that live in a movie theater. I didn't because no. I was so, like, over it at that point. And I've <laughs> come back around. But, like, the when you... Spoiler alert for Breaking Dawn Part 2. Like, when you just see Carlisle's head, like, beheaded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, generally the first time I thought, like, did they change the ending? And now, like, all of these people are just dead. Like, it was clever. It was clever. Yeah.
0: I did see it in theaters, but I don't remember. Okay. So, uh, who was your MVP for this episode? This was a hard one. It Wasn't, like, super memorable for everybody. Yeah.
1: And, like, some of them kind of had, like, um, mistakes mm-hmm. in a way. So... I feel like I decided to give it to Nicole as my MVP. I think it's always, you know, it's fitting because it's her entrance. It's exciting. She's a charismatic suit, you know, Mm -hmm. woman has Luke describes her very professional, but fun at the same time. You know, she kind of jokes with Luke and things like that. And it's just always, you know, fun to have someone new in the mix to stir things up and see how things go moving Mm -hmm. forward and they're going to dramatic places we've called so it'll be exciting yeah how about you my mvp was partially
0: inspired by our march madness it is tom Mm. (laughs) the dark horse of the competition i also just he's like such a great recurring
1: character like gruff i always like gruff yeah. characters he's lovable a gruff yeah. lovable guy i think he was well worth an mvp slot especially with our mm-hmm. tournament <laughs> so recent and his victory over yeah. D. <laughs> i don't remember who he lost to after that but it was uh it was understandable it was someone that like yeah might have been course, lane or somebody know. like that yeah, yeah yeah well
0: we're back with a long episode Yay. getting back in our groove I'm excited to finish out this Mm -hmm. season. I do remember some momentous things that happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Well. All right. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review
0: us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast
1: Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.